Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this precious time that we can spend together. I thank you for all of the um, leaders here that have come out, and I pray that you will guide us and that you will fill us with greater love and devotion to be feeding your lambs and your sheep. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Okay, so our seminar is, we're good. Yeah, just the cord doesn't go very far. Um, big, big teaching in a small church. Okay, just so I can get to know um, some of you a little bit better. How many of you are teaching in a church where you have more than one age group? Like you're, you're not just doing cradle roll, you're doing another. Okay, all right, most of you. Okay, you're in the right place then. <laughs> all right, um, how many of you are uh, have children that are in cradle roll? Okay, a few of you, okay. Um, how many of you have juniors? Okay, all right. Um, older than that, early teens or youth? Okay, all right, just the... Probably should be. <laughs> okay, so we, we have a wide gamut here. Okay, well, I hope that we can give you some some tips and some um, principles that can, can help all of you, no matter what you're doing. Okay, so um, we're going to, to see in this seminar how we can make a big difference, even though we come from um, a small church. All right, do you teach in a small church? I think most of you would, otherwise you wouldn't be here, right? Well, I, am, um, I attend the First Flint Church, and First Flint has a really big um, uh, building. Um, it used to be, we used to have 400 members there, but, but now, not anymore. Um, we have less than 100. And, and when people start to talk to you about small churches, that's really their definition of what a small church is, that you have less than 100 members. Um, anybody have less than 50 members? Okay, all right, a few of you. Okay, all right, I have been in churches like that too. All right, but you know, the majority of our churches in Michigan are small. And um, I didn't really realize that until I went on the website um, about a year ago and found that out. Okay, we're looking at some general principles from cradle roll all the way up, no matter what kind, just for what we consider children's Sabbath school. Okay, um, let's, let's go on then. Um, I just wanted to take it, show you a brief look about what churches are like and here in our conference. Now, um, most of them, we're gonna just, most of the churches in Michigan Conference are English speaking. Um, anybody here from a Spanish speaking church? Or, no? Okay, that's another, um, pardon? You do? Okay. All right. Well, if for the, um, we've got um, Vietnamese, we've got Filipino, we've got Romanian, but English and Spanish are, are the two biggest ones. Um, but when we look at the English-speaking churches, we have 153 here in our conference, and 101 are considered a small church. So that means, you know, that many people have, uh, uh, that many churches have 100 or less. That really was amazing to me. And the average size is 37. Anybody can relate to that? Yeah? Okay. Me too. I have been, I raised my children in a church that was about that size. 
And so that means that 66% of all the churches um, that speak English here in our conference are small churches. And um, the same um, is true for the Spanish. They have 16 churches here in the Michigan Conference, and 12 of them qualify um, as small churches. Now, their average size is a little bit bigger, but, but still, it's three-fourths of their churches are small churches. Now, um, and that's okay, right? Small is, um, bigger does not necessarily mean better. You know, I personally like small churches. I just feel like you're, you're not lost in a sea of faces, and, and they, they always seem more like a, a family. So I, I really think that there's some real pluses in belonging to a small church, but um, there's also some challenges as well. And we're going to take a look at um, some of them. Okay, now, of course, the, the number one reason why you're here is when you have a small church, you often have a few children, right? Um, and sometimes it means um, you only meet in all of the age groups, all meet together, you know, but you may only have maybe one child even that comes. Um, I was just talking with a, a friend of mine, and um, she was telling me, She's down in the Detroit area, and they don't have any children. Okay, so, but, but generally, you know, there's just a few when you have a small church. Um, whoops, I didn't want to do that. Okay, now up on that slide, you can see, I'm sorry, it's not real, real, because of our, our technology problem. Here, this, in this picture, you know, is a, of a small church, and they may, they may all be meeting there together, because I'm, I'm seeing a cradle roll there, I see primary there, I see a few kindergartners there. You know, now they may, that may be the only space that they have available in their church. And so they're all meeting together. So space is often a big problem for our churches. How many of you have your own room that you can meet in? Okay, good. All right, good. Sometimes you don't. Some, I've known some churches where they have to, meet in their, in their fellowship hall. So it, so it really depends. Um, okay. Um, and another big challenge that we have is, uh, is money, right? If there's not very many people, then we don't have big budgets to work with in our Sabbath school. So we can't put on big, flashy programs. Um, you go over, visit... Uh, like I was just visiting the, the beginner's room here in camp meeting. We couldn't put on a big, <laughs> a big program like that. I mean, we don't even have that kind of space. But, you know, those, all those stuffed animals and buildings, you know, that, that all takes, that all takes a, a big uh, budget. Okay. And, and sometimes the materials that we have available, that our churches are able to give us, um, they're geared for big churches, right? How many of, how many of you um, are using the GraceLink curriculum? Oh, we are getting fewer and fewer. Okay, I personally use it, my church does, and you often don't have the choice, you know, when it's, it's your church decides that. Okay, but I know that GraceLink programs are set up for large, large churches. You know, they expect you have a lot of kids in your room and that they're all the same age group. So 
A lot of my Bible First people here. Yeah, they're awesome. I love that curriculum. It would be my choice <laughs> if I had the choice. Okay. All right, so those are some of the big challenges. So what can you do when you teach um, with a few children or you have a room full of a wide range of ages? Well, we're going to, um, one of the things I do is I like to think of my class as, um, as a family, okay? Um, you know, when I was a young mom, you know, I had three kids and they were pretty close in age, but, you know, if, if you had, you know, like a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, maybe a 3-year-old, you know, um, you're not going to have three separate family worships for them, right? You're, you're going to all come together as a family and learn about Jesus together. And, and that's what we do in Sabbath school. Now, I call that kind of setup is a blended room. And that's what we're doing when we have a multi-age multi groups in our room. But um, I've, I've worked in them all my life, you know, and I know that they can be happy and active and growing places for boys and girls. And um, we're going to be looking at some, some tips that we can, we can do to make it that way. Okay, now um, in a blended room, we, we provide a lot of variety because we want to um, meet the needs of all the children that are there, of course, but we also have to, we also have to have a, a different focus sometimes because, um, because we want all of the children to get something, but we also don't want them to get bored, you know, and think, oh, Sabbath school is such a drag, you know. So um, we want to be able to provide a, a happy, a exciting, fun, stimulating place where the children can all sing together and learn about Jesus together, and where we can help them to become um, growing um, disciples of Jesus, right? And that's, that's how I look at Sabbath school. That is a place for me to help boys and girls to become young disciples of Jesus. Okay. All right. So let's look first at as if we were um, had a blended room with two age groups. Now, I teach in a classroom, hi, um, with kindergarten and cradle roll combined. We, we, um, we don't have, uh, we have the space for a, a kindergarten, but we don't have the manpower or the woman power to handle it. So my room is for infants through age six, and um, it is working. It's working pretty well. Um, I have a reasonably sized room, I mean, not this like this room, but um, it's, it's not a teeny tiny room. So I'm able to have centers. I can have, they're, they're more like little corners in the room. And that is really nice when you're working with small children so that they have a place that they can move to from place to place, okay? Um, and you can see up here, um, this is my room right now, all right, this quarter. Our theme is um, walking in the rainforest with Jesus. And I used to um, have a, uh, a quarter long program. You know, it would, this would last for all quarter long. We do the same things week after week. And, and that's what generally we, we normally do with Sabbath school. 
And because we're using Gracelink, we were for the, and we, I was mainly focusing on the cradle roll, you know, we would have the same story for a whole month because, you know, the little children need that repetition when they're only, you know, less than two years old, you know, and that's a, that's a good fit. But, you know, my kids were now three and four year olds and we had no kindergarten to send our four-year-olds to. So, and my boys were getting a little wiggly. So I thought, oh, we need some extra stimulation. So we decided to change up our program. So I still have a quarter-long program of the rainforest. We've been learning about um, all the animals that live there. We've been learning about the Garden of Eden there. And, but every month, it's different. It's, it's sort of like um, the, the program is like a giant picture book, and we have three chapters. So each month, each month we look at some different animals, and, so, and there's a different focus. And um, down here, you can see our little mission center here, because we're, we're learning about the Amazon, so we get to sail down the Amazon River. And, um, but... I needed to, to, to switch that up in order for the boys and girls because they were getting a little wiggly. And, and they, we had this one little boy, his mother, he was about two years old, and um, his mother had to take him out like seven times every Sabbath. You know, he just was just that kind of little boy. But once we started to change the program this way, he's, he's been just fine. So, um, so anyway, this is something that I have done in my classroom. And when you have, um, when you're teaching in a small church, you know, and you have a limited amount of space, then we need to use our rooms efficiently. Okay, now I, my room, what I am use, I use my walls very efficiently. Um, like up here on the, the top picture, you can see I have a very large bulletin board. Um, it's not as long as that, those two, but it's about, it's close to eight feet long and four feet wide. And, but, you know, it's, it's like about this tall in the room. And so I just cover it with bulletin board paper from the top all the way to the floor. And that's what that blue paper is. And I have saved bulletin board sets over the years, like um, those, um, those palm trees are two palm tree sets I have, and we've got another set that had all the butterflies and, and the birds and some animals up there. And I, I keep them because they help me to construct pictures in my room and to, to set up a scene. And that is one of the most important things we can do when we're teaching children eight years old and under. We want to create a scene. We want to create a place that they can explore on Sabbath morning and that it will change from quarter to quarter and they'll look forward to seeing it. It's part of building that happy experience for them. Okay, and, um, and I borrowed, of course, a lot of plants and, um, from the church and from home and it really makes it a happy environment for the children. Okay, um, and you know what you can do when you have devices like these palm trees, um, if you will just, something I've learned is you just put like some, um, on the back of it, put some, um, move, a packing tape, 
put a strip of packing tape where you're going to put your poster putty to or tape to attach it to your wall. Because when, if you don't have that, you pull it off and then it's going to pull some of that paper off of your device. And then, you know, it's going to break down and it's not going to be so good and you're not going to be able to use it from year to year. So that's a tip I learned when I was teaching school is just put some packing tape on strategic places on the back side where you're going to attach it to the wall. And it really, it really does help. You mean tape it onto the back of the carpet? Yeah, yes, right. Put the putty on top of the tape? Yes, that's exactly right, yes. Okay, I wanted to show you a couple of other Sabbath school classrooms. This is, um, the, we'll start by looking at this one here. Um, this is from our sister church in Clio. And they used to be a company, but now they're a full-fledged church, and they just bought a house, and they turned it into a, a church. And what we're looking at is a, um, a crater-roll kindergarten blended room, okay? And it is a teeny, tiny space. Um, and so this area that we're looking at is the only real area they have for doing their programs. Okay, um, if, we, if we continued along this wall, they have a, a built-in closet, and then they have a sink area, and just a little bit past, they'll set up their chairs for the children, and then they have three small tables against the opposite wall, and that's where, they, of course, they do their crafts, you know, but that's all the space they have. And, and so the leader there, what she did is she turned that corner, into her program corner. And what she, what she did was she, um, this is a piece of cardboard, and she took uh, the book, they're gonna be learning, she's using My Bible First here at this church, and they're learning about Moses. And so she took um, My Bible Friends, the, the story of baby Moses, and she put it on an overhead projector in front of her cardboard. And then she was just able to sort of trace you know, the, the large shapes from that picture, and, and then she just could paint it. So you don't have to be an artist <laughs> um, to, to make something really super fantastic. So I think she did an awesome job with that. And then um, on the bottom, the blue part, is just a thick piece of styrofoam, and she covered it with a, a blue plastic tablecloth, and she stuck some plants in there that sort of mirror what she's got painted in her picture. So, and then there's a basket um, in the corner of baby Moses. So, so it's really nice because it, it fits their room. It's also portable. So, uh, you know, if you belong to a church where you had to share your space with maybe the fellowship hall, you know, you can just pick up that, that board and throw it in the closet and, and the same with your, um, your water device that you have there. Okay, um, now if it was my room, um, personally, this, this big felt board is, is attached to the wall, you know, and one of the keys is we want to use our space efficiently, and so look at all that wall space that's not being used, you know, so for me, um, I, would, I wouldn't use that board. You know, what I would do, I would use the tables for the areas where we teach the kids their lesson. Um, when my kids were growing up, um, they went to Plymouth Church, 
right? <laughs> um, and uh, we had a fantastic kindergarten room there. But the, the leaders had small tables, child-friendly tables, and um, they had easel, little easels they would set on the table, and that's where they would put their, their felt board. And so they had a couple ladies in there, just two, and they were the program. So they each taught a group around the little table. And I'll tell you, the kids thought it was super fantastic. They got to help the teacher, you know, putting up the, the little felts. And that's a great way to get kids involved in the story, too. But, you know, if they did that, then you would have this whole wall and this corner in which to build a setting for your program. And I, I think that if it was my room, <laughs> that's what I would want to see happen. Okay, now the other picture is from uh, another friend of mine, but she lives out in Missouri Conference. And she belongs to a small church too. And what they decided to do, she just had a corner available to have for her program part. But she had a friend who took some drop painter drop cloths and she painted that. Okay, it's just, you can get them, you know, at Home Depot. There's, you can get three of them in a set, you know, for like 20-some dollars, you know. But and then she just took her craft paint and, and painted this Egyptian scene. You know, it's not, it's not uh, super detailed, right? It looks pretty simple. But she could, she's tacking it up there at the top of her ceiling. But, you know, I was thinking, because I'm thinking of doing this <laughs> in my room, is I would like to put um, like a curtain rod, and then I could just suspend, you know, those drop cloths from there. And because the thing I like about it is that you would have it. You know, you can put it in your closet. Just roll it up for another theme time, and you'll have it. Because like for right now, you know, I use the bulletin board paper. And when I'm done, you know, it's garbage, you know, so... It's, uh, it's, a, it's really, when you think about it, it's more money, you know. So something like this, it would, it would take a little more time, but it's a good investment, you know, especially for a small church because we want to use our, our pennies really, you know, really wisely. You think that's a, a good idea? Yeah, I thought that was an awesome idea. All right, um, let's go to the next one here. Okay, all right. Now, let's think about music in a blended room. All right, if we have um, a variety of kids, okay, we want to be able to sing songs that are going to appeal to all of them, right? You know, don't we do that in a vacation Bible school? You know, we don't just have songs for juniors or, or just songs for kindergartners. We usually pick a song that appeals to each group. And, and that's what you should do when you have a, a wide range of ages in your classroom. Now, um, because, I'm use, because I have beginners and our cradle roll and kindergartner, um, I'm using longer songs, bigger songs, than I would if I was just having cradle roll. And I don't sing as many because I can, kindergartners have a longer attention span, and so I can talk to them a little bit more. Okay, but because I've got really young kids um, that need more repetition, some of the songs in my program we sing every single week during that quarter. 
And they're, they're kind of songs that we think about when we think sort of like the um, everything we do before we do our, our theme time, you know. Um, so we always start out with a couple of praise songs. You know, we get out the rhythm instruments and we start, and this kind of warms the kids up because sometimes they're a little tired. You know, we have a welcome song and then we have a pre-prayer song before we go to our prayer corner. Um, we always have a mission song and then an, an offering song as the kids are bringing up their offerings. Now, if I had older kids, like um, primaries, we could still pretty much follow that format, except, you know, maybe, um, you know, the, the praise and the welcome, we could just say that that's, we're going to have a song service, okay? We wouldn't necessarily have, you know, individual uh, songs where we're welcoming the kids. And when I've, when I've worked in a kindergarten primary blended room, um, that's what we did. We, we always would start with 10 minutes of songs. And sometimes we'd have, um, I may always like to make a little booklet, a little song book, and the kids would pick songs from there. And that worked out really well. So, but the important thing is that we, we want to pick songs that will appeal to everybody. And we need to have songs too. I like to always have songs where the kids get moving, okay? Um, action songs are so important when you're, especially with kids that are, even juniors, they, they like to have actions to their songs. And um, so, and scripture songs. I always like to have at least one song that's a scripture song, even for the very uh, youngest, um, the cradle roll, because they're, they're going to learn it. And I, I am, and it's such a joy when you, when they start to join in and sing with you. But, um, but, but that's, that's what we want to do. We want to make music to be exciting and fun for them, but appeal to, appeal to everybody. Okay, now what about if we don't have a pianist? How many of you have a pianist? Oh, very few, very few. Okay, well, what do you do in your church? What do you do in your Sabbath school room? Instead of having, yes. Okay, so you download them and then you make your own CD from there? You just, you just pick and you just pick and go to it using your um, computer? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, very good. <laughs> How many of you do that? No? Okay. Any other ideas out there that you that you do because you don't have a pianist? Yes. CDs at Walmart, they have money in the children's section. Uh-huh. And you have Christian songs on okay. CDs. Okay. Okay. All right. That's right. And so you can just sing along with them. Right. Um, any of you ever heard of Cedarmont Kids? Yeah. You can find them on YouTube, you know, and you can... You can um, download them, you know, just like you have done, and make them into a playlist. Um, you can see up here um, a lot of our songbooks that we use in, in even, and these are the, the oldies, right? <laughs> they have a song, they even have a CD. Yeah, the oldies but goodies, yes, we still like to use those. Um, and so there's our little voices praise him, that's, if you're um, you cradle roll or kindergarten, that's like our hymn book, 
you know, you can get that on CD and you can do the same thing. Um, I do have a handout if you're interested and you would like to make your own, burn your own CD and would make a playlist, of course, you know, but then you'd have the selected ones already in one after another, you know, and you just have to put it into your electronic device and uh, you can go from there. And it's so, so easy to do. Um, or you could, or you could get um, a CD and if you're having a song service and you could just sing along with the songs on that CD. Um, like um, for 3ABN, you know, Tiny Tots has a sing-along CD and um, Kids Time Praise does. Yes. Did you say Truth for Youth? Youth for truth. So is it for older, a little bit older children? That yes, we we used that for an evangelistic series. Yeah, it was. I thought it was truth for youth, though. Youth, the number four. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is from young disciple. Yes. Yes. Okay, and they, oh, they give you the accompaniment as well. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Okay, all right. I saw that on their website, but I didn't know it came with a CD. Okay, yes? They also have a little handheld order that works beautiful. Okay. The $35 at Walmart, and every quarter you would be clapped, and every quarter, and you can record music on there. Mm-hmm. You can push the button, and it plays. That's good. Wonderful. Wow. Okay. Did you did you hear uh, maybe something that you could do in your in your um, church that you haven't been doing? I hope that's a lot of good ideas. I think that's that's awesome. You know, because some, some people don't even have a piano in their churches, so we, we need to be a little a little creative and look for resources that will help us. Okay. All right. Let's move on to mission time. Now, um, when children are small, this is the best time to plant the seed to be missionaries for Jesus, right? Because, you know, I know for myself, I want my kids to grow up to be givers, to be able to think about others and, and to be able to share with others who are, are in need, to share their love of Jesus with others, so to think beyond themselves. And that's what Mission Time does for, for our kids. Um, and I also want my boys and girls to know that they don't have, they can be a missionary too, right? They don't have to wait till they're a junior or a teen in order to be learning to share their faith. They can be one, even if they are in cradle roll. Yes? I have a weird question. Sure. Um, we have a mission time, and anyways, it's a grandmother and... None of the kids really bring Aki from home. Because mm -hmm. usually it's a, they never bring it, so the leader usually just passes out money. Yeah. I'm just like, this is some, there's got to be a way to fix that concept. So I'm, yeah, um, you have, what age group do you have in there? Um, there it's from seven on down. Anybody in our church, <laughs> and I want to change that concept because you're right; they got to lose it. Yeah, just get it from their parents so they realize it. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and your parents are probably in the room with you when you have seven seven year olds and up, no, right? Right. Not. Yeah. And even then, you know, it's like they would pass it to everybody in it. Yeah. Yeah, it repeats the process. Yeah. It does. Some it sometimes it might be um cool if you could get a uh, offering device going, you know, for the kids. Um I remember one time I made I painted on a um a, it was it was uh, like a piece of underlayment and I I painted the the Russia. It was Russia. It was and for every quarter the kids brought in, actually every coin that they brought in, we would attach it to the the map. And so it really got them even, and I had a lot, it really motivated them. Yeah, it was a challenge. And, and I was working in a, in a, in a town where our fam, the kids in our, fam, in our church were not um, well-to-do. You know, but they still liked bringing that their coins in our because we wanted to fill that map up. <laughs> and I talked with the treasurer. You know, we're not going to be giving you, you our offering from week to week. We'll, we'll wait till 13th Sabbath, and then oh. you'll have it all. Okay. Yeah. It did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Wow, wow. Are you working with older kids? Yes. Yep. Excellent, excellent plan. Yes, and Adra has a whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that once when we had primary and juniors. Yeah, okay, back here. We had one that was called Feed the Poor or something, uh-huh. and they made a little crystal, like cardboard, uh-huh. and they attached it. The kids would want to attach, make that knobs on the stove mm-hmm. with coins. They had to get bigger coins, and they had to feed and send them to bring the quarters. <laughs> and they put the quarters in there, and then they had to push the dial, and they made fire with the pennies coming up out of the oven. How creative. Excellent. They turned it all in on the 13th sound. Yeah, so, yeah. But another country with food. Wonderful. Okay, another idea over here. Right now, I have Excellent. Another thing that I've, I've used is um, I've gotten um, special banks, and each child will have their own mission bank. And so the kids will then bring their offering and put it in their own individual one. And it, it's just more fun for them to see if they can get it all filled up, you know, by the end of 13 Sabbath. But, but I, sometimes it's nice, like we've been sharing here is to have a project, a bigger thing than just every single week having collecting the offering if, if you're having trouble with, with the offerings coming in um, and work toward a project. That, that is excellent. Um, the church I um, used to belong to, they, and you probably have seen these like out, out in the stores, they're, and I don't know what their, their name is, but it's, it's like a, it's a round thing and you put the coin in and it just goes whoo then down the middle, and that really motivates them to bring in <laughs> offerings so they can put that in that special, special um, offering device. So um, anybody else have a, an idea that works for you? Okay, these are awesome. You're giving me ideas too. You get something like that, like she popped them off. It's like a little gutter or runner. Oh, yeah, this is one of the 
You probably have to go to a toy store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or a party store. You got an idea, Diane? I'm looking at Amazon, I'm sure. Yes, I, how many of you shop there on Amazon? I get so many things for Sabbath school there. Okay, well, let's move on. Our time is... Okay, all right. All right, let's talk, let's talk people, okay? Because when we work in a small church, uh, we don't have a humongous team, right? How many of you are the only one in your room? Okay, all right. Okay, I'm with ya. <laughs> um, it's... Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I think it's ideal if you can be two, okay? Um, when I first started working in blended classrooms, it was me and my sweetie, my, my husband and I. And that was the perfect setup, you know, because when you have a wide range of kids, you know, I took the younger ones, and my husband John took the older ones, you know, and you can divide and conquer that way. And though um, the, the best is if it's not your spouse, because what happens if you have to go away? <laughs> you both have to go away together, you know, but... Um, I, right now, I am like a one-woman show in, in my church, and, but, you know, there have been times when I've gotten the flu, you know, and guess what? The room did not fall apart. <laughs> they still had a program for the kids. You know, I let the head elder know, you know, there's no way I'm coming in and giving the kids this germ, you know, and, um, and so they, they would call somebody. And I just think it's a, it can be a great opportunity to plant a seed in somebody who might want to start being a part of, of Sabbath school ministry. And I am starting to see in my room mothers who said, I can help. And of course, I'm, in, I'm with the little ones, so the mothers are there. You know, but these mothers have always been you know, as shy as shy can be. But I, I have one mother who said, I could do the mission story, you know, every week, you know. And so I'm, I'm really excited. Yes. And enlist the youth, you know, give them a mission story the week ahead. Yes. Yes, we just had a... Uh, the guys that are going to be teaching them to go and work on. That's right, exactly right. That's something that I have always done. And um, when we lived up north in Tawas City, um, we had um, three families with kids. And um, our kids were, I had three, another family had four, another family had three. So there was only 10 kids, you know. But that's what, as the kids got older, that's what we would do. We would, we would say, hey, can you tell this story for me for next week? And eventually, every kid, in our church, learn to tell stories. And telling stories is a big passion of mine. And um, my main name was Story. And, <laughs> and I think God just put that in there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I passed on my passion to the children. And they all learned to tell stories until when the kids got to be early teens and like 14, 15, 16, 
they put on our VBS. And word got around Tawas, and we, we had like 50 to 75 kids come because they heard this is a kid-run VBS. <laughs> I mean, we were still there to sort of, you know, be the coaches, you know, or consultants if the kids needed some help. But other than that, they did it all. But, you know, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it was as they grew up in our, in our Sabbath school, we would give them little tasks to do. We taught them, first of all, though, how to tell a story. And telling a story is such an important um, skill to, to pass on to our children. And, and if you would like to learn how to tweak your storytelling skills so you can disciple kids to do the same, please come out Friday and I'm going to be having a seminar on that. Okay? Well, um, another thing <laughs> is I just lost my teacher. Um, I, we had a dad who was fantastic at telling a story. He would be there every week. But he moved up north, and now I had nobody. And nobody wanted to make that commitment to tell the story every week in my church. So, um, so I started asking um, ladies, I said, do you think you could come in this Sabbath and just tell a 10-minute story? I said, I'll give you the felts. I'll give all the toys, whatever you need to tell the story. Um, could, you, could you tell the story for us this week? And I didn't say to come in once a month. I just said this week. <laughs> That's how I started, you know. And so I got four different ladies to come in. And, and then the next time I asked, do you think you could do it again? You did such a great job, you know. And so they said, oh, yeah. And then the next time they said, you know, I'd really like to do this, you know. So now I have a team of four women who um, are my teachers. You know, so if you don't have, you don't have to do it all. If you could just ask people just to do one little thing, you know, you might find that you can get a team going. And I think the more people that we can bring in to our classrooms, the better it will be, you know, for our, our, the strength of our, of our programs. And I even did that in a large church. I, I used to teach over at East Lansing, and there were lots of people there, but uh, lots of shy people. So, <laughs> so, so I, um, so that's what I did. I started asking, "Do you think you could come in, you know, and tell a story just this week, you know, and um, or you could get somebody who might like to to do that with your your Bible verse crafts, you know, so that you know maybe you can just focus on the program, you know, and have these other." helpers there for you. So, and I bet that you will be training future leaders because we need to have more than a couple people in a church who are good with working with, with children, right? Amen. Right? <laughs> Would it be too overwhelming for a older child, like maybe 12 years old in the class, to ask that person to do the reader to read one of the stories or is it going to be pressure? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. You have, huh? I have a 10-year-old who has my class. She begs to do the story. Amen. All right. Okay.
That's right, absolutely. Another great, another great idea. Use Pathfinder Honor as a motivator. Absolutely. I think kids that are, that as long as they can read, they, they will be great at telling a story. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, that we did when our kids were growing up. All the kids, that's what they did. They learned to tell the story. They took turns. Yes? I want to say one thing. I have a 10-year-old. Ten, ten she begs to do the, the story. Yeah. And she is not at best. Mm. She comes with a friend and never misses. Wonderful. And she takes um, the quarterly home with her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, takes a home. She comes prepared to every Praise the Lord. Wow. That is wonderful. We just had uh, one of our girls from the church school. She's just, she's 10 years old. And um, the week after, uh, I asked her mother if she could, it was her mother's week to tell the story, but um, good mom that she is, she asked her daughter, I said, could you help me tell this story? You know, and so Skylar did, and, and Skylar's been back. You know, so yes, I really think we need to bring our, our young people in. And especially if they're in that blended room already, you know, ask them to, to be your uh, teacher assistant. Okay, um, all right, let's move on to theme time. Um, how many of you have themes in your room? Your, pro, your programs? Yes, some of you? Okay, good. Uh, this this quarterly is on Moses. It looks like on the front of the on that program called Present. Mm-hmm. So I plan on doing Moses. Okay. But okay. that is the beginner, you know, that's the kindergarten. Okay. So I will probably need some of the baskets and you know, like a little river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rushes, yeah, the barrels, scenery. You know, but I but I I am Helping you decorate it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's a great idea. Another thing, if, if you have some older kids like, um, prime, like primary and junior, is you can also put your, your program onto uh, a slideshow. And um, I did that, like um, one year I had a dinosaur discovery trail, and for, I, was, I was working with kindergarten um, through junior age children. And so um, they took turns advancing the slides, and um, they, took, they took turns reading the slide, and it was exciting for the kids, um, especially, of course, with pictures of dinosaurs, but but I've done it with other programs, and um, it really captivates the kids' interest when, when you have a slideshow, and that they can be part of that, part of that. Um, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, themes. You know, um, I know um, we want to focus on the story, of course, like Moses, but we also want to have a theme that's separate from their Bible story. 
because we want to be discipling children. We want them to be growing up to be strong Seventh-day Adventists who are sharing their faith in Jesus with, with everyone they know. Okay, so I think of theme time as disciple time. Now, um, if we, how many of you have read the discipleship handbook that our conference has out? Okay, all right. Now, in there, you'll see lots of um, the components of being disciple. And I just, I just tweaked them a little to fit children's Sabbath school. So if we're a disciple, we're spending, you want to read this with me? Daily lesson time and prayer. Family worship. Going to church on Sabbath. Growing strong and healthy. Growing up like Jesus. That means in, with his character, you know, kindness, love, that sort of thing. Giving offerings to spread the good news. Sharing our faith. And helping others. Okay, so those are, all of those components are, doesn't matter how old you are, that's what, that's what's involved in being a disciple of Jesus. All right, now I have taken those components and I have divided them up into four core areas whenever I'm thinking of planning a program um, for my blended classroom. Uh, the first, whoops, First area is God's care. Now, um, when you read the book Steps to Christ, what is the first chapter about? It's about God's love, right? That's love for God. And so that is a very foundation stone of being a disciple for Jesus. So um, I want to have um, theme times, programs, that is going to show the, lo the love and the care of God for the children like um, for young ones, like cradle roll and kindergarten, you know, I, I may have a program all about angels and how angels uh, show that God cares for us. Um, if I had primary and juniors, you know, I might use a, a, a program on prayer. We might look at Bible promises and how these show the, the love of the Father in our lives. And um, let's see, um, have you heard of Guide's Greatest Prayer Stories? Have any of you seen that? That is a fantastic book, isn't it? And so you can pull stories from there and share those stories with your kids, you know, one, you know, each Sabbath long. Um, and that would, that would make a great, a great program. If you have younger ones, um, one of my favorite authors is Karen Holford. She's an Adventist author, and she has a book out. It's called Quiet Times with Jesus, and it comes with a prayer journal, and it comes with a prayer calendar, and it's got like 365 different ideas and activities that kids could be praying for and, and doing. And, and you can use some of those in your, in your Sabbath school and make it into a program. Um, another book that she has, um, it's got, um, yeah, 100 creative prayer ideas. And um, I've used that with adventurers and Sabbath school, and it's, there's a lot of active things that you can do in there with the kids. And, and that could, you could pull 
13 ideas out of there and, and, and make a program um, about that for your theme time. But there's so many different ways we can, we can show children um, God's care. Um, another area for theme is my creator. Creation is such a big part of our faith, right? I mean, it's all tied to the Sabbath. And, um, and um, Elder uh, Bohr was saying just the other day, you know, that if we don't have creation, you know, there's no reason to keep the Sabbath. But, but also, if we evolved, you know, from a lower form of life, that means we're getting better and better. So what do we need salvation for? Yeah, it, it hinges on a lot of things. I remember when I was, um, I was in high school, I was just coming to know the Lord, and um, I was, you know, of course, bombarded by evolution in the public school. And I thought, you know, if I evolve, then how can I be a child of God? So there, there was just so many things that hinge on create creation. And, that's, and we are, our kids are just bombarded with evolution these days. And that's a big reason why I first developed my program, Dinosaur Discovery Trail. Because, you know, even if you're watching a nature program, you know, you hear millions and billions of years ago, you know. Um, and so, so we need, we really need to beef our kids up. And like, that's why once a year I always have a creation-based or nature-based program. And I have a ministry called Bring Them to Jesus, and I have developed a lot of programs for, for teachers, primarily kindergarten um, and primary age group. But, um, and those, those will be available if you want to go shopping um, this Thursday. They will, they, you'll be able to see them there. But, um, but I, really, I really think that we really, really need to emphasize that in our programs. Um, okay, that's another component for theme time is faith for young disciples, I call it. Um, that's where we, we want to zero in on themes that are distinctive to us as Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, like how to keep the Sabbath, um, Ellen White, and the stories of our Adventist pioneers. We want kids to, to really see how our church has grown and, and so that they will feel a part of that. Um, this is where our health ministry comes in because we want our kids to learn how to treat their bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit and also how they can be a witness for Jesus. Um, I have a, a program that I designed called Sunbeam Garden and it uses gardening for teaching principles on how to be a witness and how to share your faith. And so that is one area that we want to focus in on when we um, have themes as well. And the last one is growing up like Jesus, because we just don't want them to understand about the Bible stories. We want them to experience Jesus in their lives, right? We want them to grow up like Jesus did. Um, like it says in Luke 2, that Jesus grew in wisdom in stature, and in favor with God and man. So we want to share stories with them of boys and girls who are growing and living for Jesus and shining for Jesus 
in, in how they live. And um, any of you got kindergartners in your rooms? How many of you have kindergartners? Um, there is a series of books. I brought one of them with me. This is a book called A Child Steps to Jesus. Any of you have seen this book series before? Don't you love it? I just, oh, it's wonderful. And it's, it's Steps to Christ for kindergartners. And it's got 13 stories in here where the, they meet 13 different families, and they are all act, demonstrating the, the characteristic from each chapter of the book, Steps to Christ. So the first one is about God's love, and then there's one on salvation, forgiveness, obedience. But they, they go through all of the various steps that we know so well from the book Steps to Christ. And I just fell in love with this book, so I, I put together a program so I could use it. <laughs> um, it's called My Shiny Town, and um, where I give ideas of what you can, you want to read the story to the kids, or I, I should take that back. You want to tell the story to the kids, you know, um, because you don't have the children on your lap who are looking at these little pictures as you're reading it, you know. That's, that's, the best, that's the best time to, to just read a story to a kid. You know, if they're sitting beside you. Um, now, um, if, I, if you were a preschool teacher, you know, you could just show them the, the pictures, but they would have to be very close to you. Um, and it couldn't be a, a lot of children because they wouldn't be able to see it so well. So I like to, I do like to show them the, the pictures, but I tell the story. To them, I don't read it verbatim, and that's the that's one of the best tips you can pick up about being a master storyteller. Is do not read stories to children; tell them, okay? Because you'll lose them if you if you read them, okay? But this is an amazing book to use for a program. Now, if you've got old older kids and you want to use a program like Steps to Christ, you know, Jerry Thomas has got Steps to Jesus. And they have, and he has got stories for every, for all 13, for all the 13 chapters of Steps to Christ. And you can, you've got a built-in program just like that, you know, with them. So, you know, look for, in the ABC, there are books, too, that you can use. Now, another book that I have used with primaries and juniors how many of you have read Treasures by the Sea? Oh, a couple of you. This is a beautiful book, isn't it? It's perfect, you know, because this is like a baptism preparation book. It goes through, through a story format. It teaches about an, all the animals of the sea, but in a story form. And it is a wonderful way to teach your kids about the doctrines, of that we all hold dear as Seventh-day Adventists. Now, you cannot get this in the ABC anymore, unfortunately. Sally Stribe is no longer making it available. Yes? This would be, I am finding, I, I have taught, um, done a lot of Bible work. In fact, I used to train Bible workers. But, um, and we're finding that kids that are in primary, especially, are really starting to, to come forward more. It used to be juniors, you know, but, but now it's, and we're finding it's more like third 
graders are really, you're finding that too. Yeah, I think it's all across the board. So it's good for primary and juniors, and it would be, a, it, even an early 13-year-old, I think, would get something out of this. But you can't get it at the ABC, um, but that's why I put together a program. I don't mean to be advertising so much, but, but I, I, just, I just wrote it um, um, this summer. Um, it's called Sequest. Because I, I, used to, I used to use this in, in my Sabbath school. And um, what I, we, would put, we would make this big mural. I got this mural paper that looked like, like the sea. And I would um, print out pictures of the sea animal that we were talking about, and, and I'd give one to each kid. So, so every Sabbath, you know, we're adding to our mural. So at, by the end of the quarter, I mean, it's just an extravaganza of God's sea animals. And, you know, of course, we've got sand on the floor, a little bit of sand on the floor, and shells, and, you know, to make it, because I like to build scenes. And, um, and uh, the kids just loved it. So um, I wanted, I just took that program and I um, put it in a uh, book format. And so if you're interested, you can, you can get that um, at our library on Thursday. Okay, so um, questions, yes? I've used a lot of programs too. I can't know it's Lamplight Publishing or Sunlight Resource Center, but they have a whole series of nature, Bible people, and there's a wonderful one on Enoch. I just love to see it go up and appear in the cloud, you know. Oh, okay. Is this Sunlight Education? I don't remember if it's them or it's the same thing. Oh, okay. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I can type them into the computer so I can redo it on the card when I'm using it, so I'm not looking at the paper that says Okay. Lots of different authors. Mm hmm. Tried to find the missionary in Russia who has been making that for a long time, and she would have actually several places over there. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for Okay. So nice. All right. Thank you. Did somebody else have a suggestion? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You can still get her um, octopus encounter at the ABC, I know, but it's just not, uh, just not this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. How exciting. That is wonderful. Okay, well, we're running, we're getting close to our deadline here, so let's move along a little bit. Okay, now what about lesson time? Now, if you have two groups in your room, um, you want to aim at the older one. All right, the, the younger kids will get something out of it, but you definitely do not want to um, get your older kids to be in boredom city, okay? Um, like right now, I have in my room with my beginners and my kindergartners, we are teaching the kindergarten lesson. And it is working perfectly. The little ones are, are loving it. 
you know, because we're making it visual, we're making it interactive, and so it's still appealing to them. Um, if you had kindergarten and primary, I know with my Bible first, they're, they're the same lesson. So you got it made it in a shade, so you don't have to worry about that. But um, now, if you happen to have, let's move on to the next slide. If you happen to have a room like we've got uh, four-year-old Katie and maybe seven-year-old Kirk and 11-year-old Abby, and, you know, you might have a few more in their same age group, you know, then for lesson time, what, if you only have one teacher, then you want to aim toward the middle group, okay? So that it's not too, too much of a stretch for your younger ones, and the older ones, it's not too, too far away from where they are. Okay, so if you've got three, three groups, aim for the middle, okay? Yes. I would I would still aim at teaching the kindergarten lesson, and especially if you're using my Bible first. Is that the program you're using? It's my Bible first. She's getting Grace Link. Okay. It it is. It's very is. That would be what, what I would want to, to use. And, and for those of you who are using my, my Bible First, that is an advanced program, you know, especially when you compare it to Gracelink. Um, as I, I was trying to transition from Gracelink in, in Cradle Roll to My Bible First, and it was such a big stretch for the kids to jump from there to uh, My Bible First. But... Um, but um, yes, and if you have a, a boy like that, you would, um, and he can read, you know, you could have him read some of the Bible verses that are involved in this story, you know, read what Jesus says, read what Paul says, you know, and you could also use him as a helper, you know, to show the kids the pictures, you know, if you're using pictures or, or, or the felts, you know, to, to ask him to be your, your, um, your helper in That'll keep him interested too, but um, but use him as a reader as much as you much as you can. Okay. Question. Yes. Okay. My Bible first. Do they have one for like what comes what that comes after primary? Juniors. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. They they, they, have, they have all the way up through youth. So are the lessons the same? So if you did a I guess. The, the juniors are, I know the kindergarten primary have the same one. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, above that. Um, so it takes you through the whole Bible Yeah, but, but are the lessons with, with juniors and, and teens? They might be matched. They mm -hmm. the primary are going through the Bible too. They're all matched. Yeah, so I have to the Okay. Okay. Another thing that you can do um, aside from that is if you have a um, if you have a helper, you know, like I had my husband, you know, you can he one person can take the younger children, you know, and you could take the the older ones, and, and like maybe you've got primary juniors and early teens, you know, in that group, you know, and and so teach teach the um, the early teen lesson, you know, to them. So dividing up, you know, when you have a wide range of, of ages, you know, it, it's, you really, really do need uh, an assistant. 
to, to help you. Otherwise, it's, <laughs> it, it's too much of a gap for, for kids. Okay, yes. I'm sorry, I didn't see your hand. Yes. The challenge that we have in our church is people coming late for one thing. Oh, oh yes. Kids that mm -hmm. <laughs> So a lot of times, I'm starting with all of them, and to make the older ones not feel like they're going into the baby classroom. That's actually my classroom. Mm -hmm. I start the fellowship hall with the mission board and with whoever's there. Right. And then when the teachers show up, then they take their kids to their classroom, and I go to my classroom with the ones that I have. Because they're my age. Sounds like I'll go in the kindergarten class yeah. because that's in between. But we're we are looking at losing I think some teachers um different situations. And we may have to split again to have fewer classrooms. And I'm thinking, what can I do? Maybe I can start planning something and just talk to the others if they're willing because I'm consistently there, that I consistently do something with all of them at the beginning because most of the time I don't know until I get there. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I'm gonna be doing something, but it happens for a long time. So why not just plan on it, mm -hmm. and then they go do the lesson when they get there. That is, that is the best plan. It, it's really the, the time you really need to divide is during the lesson time. We have about, I mean, on a good day, about 12 kids. And it's all the way from babies to 12 to 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I, I lived when I lived up north. We had we had cradle roll all the way up through through juniors, and we did... We did everything together until it, well, uh, I take it back, we, we did, we separated into two groups for prayer time, because we could do some things, like prayer journals with the older kids, and we could do prayer songs and felts with the younger ones, but other than that, we did it, things together, except for the lesson time. Yeah, oh, I'm not saying you can't do prayer journals, I just... At that time, I didn't because we had a lot of resources back in those days. Yeah, yeah, and you know, times have changed now. We don't have a lot of those resources available today. Yes. Well, we used to have them. We used to get there like our service starts at ten. Uh huh. We used to have everybody come in here forward to ten. Mm -hmm. We all sit there. We'd sing hymns and stuff, yeah. songs, mm -hmm. and then we'd split for classes. Okay. At that point, after well, fifteen after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now it's getting to the point I don't have, we don't have any children in our church. And it's sad. Yeah. Because I started watching and the kids are coming with the parents and the parents are just, <laughs> they're not even be able to get any message at the church because they're, they're watching their children. There's four of them mm -hmm. in particular and they're, they're only for the worship service. Well, the mother has got a newborn baby with a feeding tube. that has got a, a one or two year old. The other two are six and seven. Those two girls, I'm trying to, what I do is I make them, they want to teach them reverence in the church. Mm -hmm. So I'm letting them sit with their parents up until that point. My sister and I are kind of teaming up, and we started, we, we got some help from you know, inside the church, too. We okay. saw what I was doing. After the children, we do the praise songs, and then we did the, um, like, this is after worship service. When they're coming in for the church service. Okay. Worship. Then they, they sit there for the soft praise song. They sit there for the garden of prayer, the tithes and offerings, and the children's story is the border. Children's story after the children's story. I take those two girls out of the classroom and teach them Sabbath school. Okay. And at that point, the the, the, the good day I told them, I know what you're doing. I, I thank you for doing that. Because now his nine and his wife is getting the message, and she's 
starting to enjoy coming to worship. Praise the I Lord. I was afraid we were going to lose them. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Because she's watching all these kids. And she wasn't getting no, I mean, you can't, you can't be that distracted. Right, right. Yeah. Every church is going to be a little different. You know, you have to look at what your children are, your, your needs there, and adjust your schedule, you know, in order to fit what would work, what, what works best. Now, I just want to share one more thing, especially for the, the, um, the older kids, some of you that are having, all right, we talked about that, is, is we want to be training up our, our young people, and especially if we've got older primaries and juniors, early teens, in your blended classrooms. There's some ways that we can really help them to grow. And one of the things you could do is set up a buddy plan. Like if you've got, um, you've got some juniors and you've got some, maybe some kindergartners, you know, pair them up, you know, and the, the, the older ones can help them when it's, when they're looking up Bible verses, you know, he can help point out the words. He can help them find the book in the Bible. They can um, pair them up when they're doing their mem when you're doing your memory verse review. You know, the older one can work with the younger one. And you know, it's it's a terrific way to build responsibility and to build leadership in our kids. And also it it kind of helps with that peer dependency with them always sitting with their with their friends. If you can give them a job and buddy them up, I think buddies are a a great way to do it is when you have a blend of older ones with the younger ones. Um, another, this one we've talked about is to use your readers, meaning the primaries and the juniors that, that can read. Okay, get them to, to read the memory verse, get them to um, share a mission story. Um, those are some things that they can do. Um, and let's see, and another one is make kids your partners. Uh, make them your assistants. You know, when I was a church school teacher, you know, um, when it was Friday chapel, you know, we, we had kids that had the, the scripture reading. We had kids that led the songs. You know, you could get some of your older kids to get up front, pick the songs for your song service, lead out. You know, when kids get a little older, they get a little self-conscious and they might not want to sing. But, but if they're the leader... They, it's a little easier. I've seen it in church schools, and the kids are very much more involved when it's kids mentoring, you know, leading out with the kids. They could have special um, music, you know, and the, you think the kids will be turned on to worship, you know, within Sabbath school? They are. When they have a part in the program, and they're not just sitting there being entertained, so to speak, by you and me, you know, so getting them as part of your team, making them your partners. Um, in this small church where my kids grew up, you know, the kids got so involved in Sabbath school and, us, and making them a part of the program that um, they became the leaders. Like I said, they ran the Vacation Bible School. Um, one of our boys, he became a junior elder. He's now a pastor up in the UP. My, uh, my, my second oldest daughter became the, the uh, youngest church treasurer in the Michigan Conference. <laughs> and, you know, and she is now, um, I'll show a picture of, I got to show, I'm a mom, got to show a picture of her. Um, she is now over, 
see if we can go backwards. Oh, there she is. That's my daughter, Tesha, and her family. They are missionaries in, in Thailand now. And uh, they're trying to develop a ministry like 3ABN. Right now they're making CDs of, of gospel messages and programs and sharing it with people in um, Thailand because less than 1% are Christians over there. But, you know, this is the big changes that we saw in our little church. We saw all these kids learning how to be leaders, and now that they're um, adults and they are super leaders involved in the church, and now they're training their children and passing on the blessings that they learned in Sabbath school. So we don't have to feel bad if we belong to a small church. We can still make a big difference in children's lives. Yes? Absolutely. Well, you know what? What I'd like. Why? Why don't we? Why don't we? I know some of you have some stories, but why don't we close with prayer and um, we can talk a little bit after that, okay? Because I know my AV man is right at the door. Okay. All right. Can we bow our heads? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful work that you have placed into all of our hands. We know that there are great challenges before us, but Lord, I just praise you for all of the input we've had here this afternoon, and I just pray that we will all take some of these tools home with us and put them into practice. And dear Lord, just be with us and help us to disciple our boys and girls so that they can, they can be used by you in a mighty way right now, not when they grow up, but right now in our Sabbath schools. Help us to, to make our Sabbath school rooms training centers for Christian workers. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.